Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am Pat Rulo. We specialize in author interviews, audiobook, and podcast production, as well as the prestigious Firebird Book Awards. We also feature our fun and short podcast that allows authors to record their own writing tip to share on our very own Boom Bang Oh My Gosh Wow podcast, which you will find along with the rest of our offerings at speakuptalkradio.com. And right now, I'm just so happy to share a recent Firebird Book Award winning author with you. She is Courtney Turner Hoyle, and her winning book is titled My Brother's Keeper. Courtney was raised in Unicoi County, surrounded by the traditions and dialect of the area. She embraced the regional stories, mountain views, culture, except for sweet tea and unannounced visits, and sought to correct the misconceptions about the local people and the town's stories that turned into rumors. She resides in Irwin, Tennessee, with her children and husband. She has hiked the section of the Appalachian Trail near her home, visited many of the caves and other mountain trails in the area, and is fascinated by their enigmatic appeal. She likes reading, writing, and any reasonable music. Most of all, she enjoys sharing stories and adventures with her children and making memories through their experiences. And I'm so looking forward to our conversation today. So welcome to the network, Courtney. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh my gosh, you make me laugh. You enjoy reading, writing, and any reasonable music. I thought that was so funny. Yes, ma'am. There are some things out there that uh, <laughs> may not exactly qualify as music, but I, I love I love music from the 1960s and from today. So anything in between, even in the 1950s, I, I could listen to Mozart, and then I could listen to Metallica, and <laughs> finish off with Willie Nelson. I mean, it... it it just depends on my mood. I get that. So that tells us that there's a couple of genres. There's reasonable music, and then there must be unreasonable music, right? <laughs> yes, ma'am. I love that. I will always remember that. And I also want to say that I know your area of Tennessee very well because my husband is from Tennessee, and we had a home in the Smoky Mountains, and we've spent many fun times in your area in the Cherokee National Forest. And it's just one of the most beautiful places, I think, in the world. Well, thank you for that. I enjoy living here. It, living in Irwin, Tennessee, I do have a lot of what you, we talked about in the bio of the traditions. We have the ap- annual apple festival. We have, and then we also have apple butter making, where people still gather at area pavilions, and they churn apple butter. <sighs> So not everything is lost in in this region, and I love to explore that, and some of our area festivals allow me to do that. Mm -hmm. Also had the opportunity during some of my research to talk to people who, now they didn't witness the Irwin elephant hanging, but they were able to point me in a direction of actual people who were interviewed who witnessed it. Well, it was mentioned in My Brother's Keeper, um, just just vaguely mentioned. Uh, it was an actual event that happened in 1916. There was a circus elephant, Mary, who um, kind of went crazy in in Kingsport. And she flung her trainer into a wooden Coke stand. And then, and, and I'll, I'll stop there, it, she, she did end up killing him. Um, and so they tried to think of ways to... I guess punish her and and it's such a sad sad story and so tragic and Irwin has come a long way 
from that because it was settled that Irwin, the Derek to hang her was was in Irwin, and so they decided to actually do that there. And Irwin, just in the past couple of years, has had some festivals to honor Mary, and has get they have made statues that they've lined up in the town and auctioned them off and given the money to Elephant Sanctuary to try and and hopefully honor her memory. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that they're trying to turn that around and make up for that. (laughs) That That is quite a story. Wow, I didn't know this. Yes, it's it's one of the things that, that Irwin is well known for, and at the same time, you know, it, it always saddened me because mm-hmm. I would work with people or I'd work around people who would come in from Canada and from other parts of the United States, and they would say, I would say I was from Irwin, and they would say, oh, you're the town that hung the elephant, or oh, oh you hung the elephant. Well, no, I, I didn't, yeah. and I certainly don't condone it. I'm, I'm vegetarian for that very reason. Um, I don't, I don't wish harm on animals. Mm. And so I was definitely a part of, they did a, a parade, um, to honor her. I was part of that parade. And anytime they have the festivities, my children and I walk down and take part in them. Thank you for sharing that. If I get an opportunity to get back into that area, I'm going to check that out and find out more. We spent more time, I guess, in the forest hiking and those kinds of things and not so much in the town to pick up that bit of information but that's that's a fascinating story yes and when you were hiking um something to explore and this is in one of my other books um brad putin's scorn that's coming out in june uh there's an area tucked in between Irwin and north carolina it's called lost cove mm-hmm. and it was always mysterious to me growing up because i had um people who would tell me well the town was completely abandoned, and and it does look that way. You can walk up and you can look at it, and there there were homes that were still standing, and you could go in and the, there were dishes still on the table, like the people just picked up and left all of a sudden oh. in a rush. And what it was is it was just a town that was kind of far off from main civilization, mm-hmm. and their only mode of transportation was the train that came through. When the train stopped making the stops there, oh. the, the town dissolved. Mm-hmm. So there are still a few, I think maybe just one building and maybe an old Ford truck that's up there, and then a graveyard. Um, so you can still hike up and see it. It, it is a considerable hike, but mm-hmm. you can you can go up there and see it. Oh, I love Tennessee. I miss it. Our our home burned in the Gatlinburg fire several years back. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. So not been back for a while, but doesn't mean we won't be. All righty. Well, let's get on with your book. Congratulations on the book win. That was so exciting for me to share with you. Oh, thank you. I I really, I loved being able to submit it. And when I received the notification, I was overjoyed. The children and I danced around in the kitchen. (laughs) We were very excited. (laughs) I can see that. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, then why don't you give us a peek into the book? Just give us a little idea of what it's about. Well, it focuses on uh, 17-year-old Jared Miller. Uh, He struggled with the guilt of something that happened almost a year ago when the book begins, um, 
you know, his friends have abandoned him. His family doesn't really pay attention to him. Um, and he's, his father had abandoned him. And he was looking to access some records that might tell him where his father was. But most of all, the book focuses on the Miller family. And, uh, and the paranormal presence, it, it haunts them. It's unique to them. Ella Miller is uh, Jared's little six-year-old sister. She can see the dead, but even the family members who can't see the see the dead, they're subject to its influence. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it is a series, so it's layered. Um, it has multiple points of view throughout the series. Uh, each book has its own unique mystery. So My Brother's Keeper is uh, Jared's perspective, and it's like a breadcrumb mystery. I, I give hints along the way in forms of flashbacks and just Jared's thoughts because it's told in first person. Mm-hmm. I feel like the reader can sympathize better with Jared as uh, reading it from a first person perspective. He struggles to understand his family's secrets, and um, he's trying to come to terms with his abandonment and grief. And so the book um, has a theme of, of forgiveness. Uh, it's expressed throughout it in real time and through Jared's flashbacks. So it's geared, uh, as you know, it won uh, the first place for teen and for coming of age. So it, it was written uh, through a 17-year-old's perspective. Mm-hmm. However, it, uh, if you're a more experienced reader, you'll enjoy the mystery that surrounds it Mm -hmm. because it's not just, you know, angsty and and whatever. It's more, it's just told in that fresh perspective. And I know that when I read, I'm a multi-genre writer as well as a multi-genre reader. And sometimes I need a break. I might read a really heavy book and I want to read something that's more, um, more innocent and, so I tend to go to young adult books at that time, or middle grade books, and so it, it's a refreshing change if if that's something that you're interested in. And I'll mention that there's there's no foul language in the book, and are there and no scenes of an adult nature. Mm-hmm. So Courtney, where do your books come from? Where do you get inspired? Oh, it's really funny you should ask that. Um, with this very first book, My Brother's Keeper was my debut novel. I've written uh, nine or ten books since. and But My Brother's Keeper, the inspiration for it was I was lying in my living room and I heard a sound that was a shift in a bump. And it was coming from my upstairs laundry room. So I ran upstairs and I looked and nothing was out of place whatsoever. And I had read a book that gave me, and I don't know if you've ever experienced book hangover, but I had an extreme book hangover from one that really tugged every emotional string that I had. And nothing that I was reading after that book could satisfy. So I thought, well, if I can't find a book to read, I'm going to write a book that I would like to read. (laughs) And so I thought about that experience. I sat down at my computer and I I said, you know, I want to write a paranormal, I want to write a paranormal mystery because that's where my heart is. And I just wrote that first line, the sound was a shift and then a bump. And I went from there. It 
literally just flowed from my fingers as I thought it. No outline. I totally flew by the seat of my pants on that one. Um, people say characters speak to them, and and I learned that in the first book. And from then on, like now when I write a book, I can kind of feel an outline forming in my head. I'll think, okay, well, this is going this way, this way, and this way. So if it does, then I need something of this nature to happen. And so then I can formulate a plot in my head, and I go from there. But to sit down and actually write out an outline, I feel like the process is not as organic mm-hmm. for me that way. Mm-hmm. And I want to write in such a way as to, to appeal to the reader within me because I have, I have read so many books through my life. I've, I've read since I was four years old. Mm-hmm. And my mother took me to a library, and it used to be a bank. And for the, the children's nest was this little bank vault. Mm-hmm. And, and I went in and I would read, I would read countless books. She introduced me to uh, a series she loved when she was young, the Nancy Drew series. And so I developed my love of mysteries there. And I just, and, and then when I was 13, I had a teacher who handed me a Stephen King book and said, this looks like something you need to read. So I, I started reading Stephen King from that point on and then other authors as well. And Every author I've read has helped shape me as a writer. And I just, I'm, I'm so thankful that I have been able to put my story out there and that people enjoy reading them. So fortunate that you had people like your mom and this librarian who approached you and gave you this love of reading, which then nurtured your desire to write. It's just a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing it. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate I appreciate you listening. Yeah. What about the cover? There's something very, oh, I don't even know the word, um, but the cover just draws you and you feel like you're there. It is rather eye-catching. And in the, you may see this as, um, of course, there's a, a young boy in the cover. And you see him with a backpack on. And, and he looks a lot younger than 17-year-old Jared. But the flashbacks that Jared has are from a time when he was younger. Mm-hmm. And my brother's keeper doesn't necessarily refer to just Jared. Um, it also involved his father, and, and it is also wound into the theme. There are several ways to apply the title on the cover. Mm-hmm. And, yes, the, the cover, is it, it lends to the mystery of the book. Um, it's very eye-catching. Uh, I was really happy. I love I love the greens, mm-hmm. um, and I I tried to stick with that in the in Pinky Swear, the book that comes after that. Mm-hmm. And it it gives you the idea that you're walking in Unicoi County mm-hmm. in one of the national forests. Yep. Yes, it was very Tennessee to me. I felt like I was transported back. So maybe because I have had that experience of being in the forest and in the woods in Tennessee, maybe that's why I recognized the feeling, but I did. I'm so glad. I'm glad to hear you say that because I, I had chosen the picture um, because of because of the trees, really, because of the, the trees. You, you look up um, for images, for covers, and 
you can see trees that you know are from the western part of the United States mm-hmm. or from another country, but these these trees were were so much like the ones that I see every day mm-hmm. when I look out my window. <laughs> oh. All righty. So what's next? You said you have another book coming out in a month. I do. Uh, on June first, I have. Rasputin Scorn. It comes out on my eldest daughter's birthday. Um, and it, and I, as I said, it has lost cove in it. So it's something that, that I've done. All of my books are set in my area, mm-hmm. whether they have futuristic elements or not. Um, Finding Emma is a, is a time ta- travel romance and it's available right now. And it, it focuses on a woman who has a missing identity who wakes up and the only anchor that she has to that is a tattoo on her wrist. Mm. And then in August, I have a book, Solomon's Tears, coming out. And I'm really excited about it because it is a paranormal fan. And and that's, as I said, my heart really lies in, in the paranormal so, but I, I have dabbled in, in so many areas as a multi-genre writer. I have a thriller that's coming out in October. Oh. I have a prequel to a fantasy that's coming out also in October. It's a it's a smaller book, but I I've been I've been really busy. And the third book in the Pellwood Mysteries, um, My Brother's Keepers, the first book, Pinky Swears, the second, and it's and they're both they're both ava- available. But the third book is called Rose-Colored Glasses, and it will be out in January. Do you write full-time? Um, you could say that. I write until my children wake up in the morning. When they go to sleep, I go to sleep, and then I wake up early so that I can get that time when my brain is fresh mm-hmm. to write. And then when they wake up, I, I try to devote my attention to them. Oh, you're a good mom. Thank you. I I certainly strive for that. (laughs) All right, my friend, is there anything we missed that you wanted to highlight today? No, I think that we've covered quite a bit of ground, really. Um, I would like to mention that I have a a website. Mm -hmm. Uh, My eldest daughter actually designed my website, and it's uh, www.courtneyturnerhoyle.com. Courtney is spelled with two E's instead of the E-Y. And Hoyle is spelled H-O-Y-L-E. Um, she's designed it to include or to feature my newest book. And then there's a, a page where you can look at my other books, read my bio. I have recipes on there. I include a recipe in every one of my books mm-hmm. that, um, that is mentioned in the pages of the book. I also have playlists in my book <laughs> because I do love music so much. I never learned how to play a musical instrument, but music is very, very near and dear to my heart. So I have playlists for my book. Um, and so I have all of my interviews on on that site. Um, so the book is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, everywhere that books are really sold online. You're everywhere you're supposed to be, Courtney Turner Hoyle, and the book is titled My Brother's Keeper. Website is CourtneyTurnerHoyle.com. Courtney, you are a lovely human. I am so happy that you shared your book with us and happier, I should say, that 
we had this conversation today. So thank you so much. And I hope you share more of your books with us. Well, thank you, Miss Pat. I think your drive to help women and children in the long-term shelters is commendable. And I was glad to be a small part in that.